We're going to go to Luke chapter 19 this morning. The Gospel of Luke in chapter number 19. We just need to keep telling people about Jesus, don't we? Just keep telling them, keep telling them. Preacher, it doesn't seem like it does any good. It's doing more good than you know. Truly, we won't know. No, no, we won't know until we get to heaven exactly what God has done with what little bit of effort that we have put out and try to get the gospel to people. We won't, we don't know. We just need to keep telling people and keep telling them, keep telling them. Because Jesus is still in the soul-saving business. Absolutely. Definitely so. So we just need to keep telling. Luke chapter 19. Gospel of Luke chapter number 19. And verse number 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was going to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. <clears throat> and Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for, for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. <clears throat> now some of you, as I read that, you were thinking, Deja vu. Isn't that what you read last Sunday morning? And uh, you would be correct in all of that. But the Word of God never grows old. It never grows old. And I believe God has something for us here out of this passage of Scripture once again. And if you'll bear with me, I'm going to try to preach on... Well, I'll tell you the title in here in just a little bit. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for the good service that we've already had. I'm, I'm thankful, Lord. The saints of God are here and gathered. We're singing praises unto you. Lord, I'm thankful for the good spirit uh, that's in this place, in this sanctuary. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ over this place and just ask that you would continue, Lord, to meet with us and move amongst us. And even as was prayed earlier, Lord, if there's someone here that doesn't know Christ as their Savior, that you would impress on them that that is their greatest need, uh, Lord. Before they leave this life, they better, be, they better be assured that they have put their faith and trust in Christ as their personal Savior. And Father, as we get into this message, Lord, now we just pray uh, your, for your help, your, your blessing, uh, certainly the, just boldness and, and power to do what you would have us to do with this with this, this morning. Uh, thank you, Lord, for your goodness and for you wanting to meet with us. And we just pray your will be done and ask all of these things in the perfect name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing. Please do be seated. Zacchaeus was not only a publican, but he was a chief of publicans. 
He was the one that other tax collectors reported to and answered to. And uh, because of that, he was rich and no doubt well-dressed and influential to some extent and well-known, definitely well-known in the area as he went about collecting taxes. And very apparently he had heard about Jesus. I mean, you got to think about this. Something made him, got him to a place that he'd want to climb up into a sycamore tree so that he could see this man named Jesus. And maybe he heard of some of the miracles that had been performed. Maybe he had heard of lives being changed. I, I, you know, we can't be assured of all of that. But something made him determined to see him, so very determined that he was willing to run before the crowd who probably made fun of him. Look at that tax collector go. He's climbing up, up into the tree. Must be some kind of nutcase, whatever the case may be, whatever they might have said. But something made him determined to see Jesus. Now think about this. I want you to think about this for a second. Jesus already knew who Zacchaeus was. Because, I mean, when he got there, I mean, he looked up into the tree and said, Zacchaeus, make haste. I mean, he already knew Zacchaeus and who he was. And he knew where he would be. He knew exactly where he would be. I I mean, he went right to the tree. So he knew where he'd be. In fact, we can go a little bit beyond that. He is the one that grew the tree. Jesus is the one that grew the tree that Zacchaeus climbed up in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know. No, it's, it's absolutely. And uh, when he got there, he called him by name and he said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must abide at thy house. And Zacchaeus did that. He did that. The Bible says that he made haste and he came down and received him, Jesus, joyfully. But look at verse 5 with me again. I'm sorry. It says, when Jesus came to the place, the place, the place where the tree was, the place where Zacchaeus sat, when he came to that place that place that place and that's the title of the message this morning that place you know if you've ever truly been saved by the grace of God you might not remember the exact day though some do they remember the exact date whether they wrote it down or they just put it to memory you might not remember that and you might not remember the exact hour, as some people do. I've, I've talked to people that tell me, you know, on this date, at this hour, that I trusted Christ as my Savior, and hallelujah, I, I, there's been times I went back and looked the calendar over and over and over and over and over, trying to just remember what the date is that I got saved. I know it was April, I know it was 1984, back working in an oil field, oil, I'll try to say oil now that I'm up north, down south, it's oil. I worked in the oil field. Anyway, working in the oil field, every day was a Monday back then. I mean, it was just all the same anyway. But anyway, I, but if you have ever received him, truly received him as your Savior, you remember the place. You remember that place. I mean, I know right where I was at that, at that point. For me, and you've heard it a lot of times, but for me it was beside my coffee table in an apartment in Longview, Texas. 
And I believe that if you took me to the apartment, I could show you the spot right there in that room. I believe I could show you the spot where the coffee table was sitting, where I kneeled down and called upon God and trusted Christ as my Savior. In fact, I really do believe, I truly do believe that if the apartments were completely torn down, I could still get pretty close to the spot where I trusted Christ as my personal Savior. I'll never forget that place. That place. And if you've been saved, I I really believe if you've been saved, you'll remember the place that you trusted Him. Because you don't meet somebody as big as God and forget where you've met Him. No, you met Him at that place. And so if you'll give me a little leeway this morning, if you will, it's not necessarily my favorite way to preach, but if you'll give me a little leeway this morning with the Scriptures, and, 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 and you know, I want to use our imagination for a few minutes this morning, if you'll bear with me. I mean, without doing the Bible any harm, I don't want to do that, of course. But I want to think of a few people that Zacchaeus may have run into after he met the Savior. After he met the Savior. <clears throat> I'm sure that finally after that Jesus was at his house and all that went on there, I mean, it, it was a wonderful thing. I, I love what Jesus said to him, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That was me. I was a lost sinner. I didn't know anything about God. God truly. I knew there was a God. I had believed in Him. I didn't know anything about Jesus, exactly what He had done for us and anything. I was a lost sinner, and God came looking for me. Jesus came looking for me. And I'm very, very thankful for that. And after Jesus was at His house and all that went on there, don't you know that Zacchaeus, well, it says in the story there that we read that Zacchaeus was a changed man. I mean, he was ready to make things that he had done wrong right. He was ready to make restitution. He was ready to help the poor along the way. I mean, salvation changed him because that's what real salvation does. It changes lives, and it changed his life. And don't you know that the next day or days after, whatever the case may be, that Zacchaeus, being a different man, was pretty happy? Oh, no, his sins had been forgiven. He'd been given a new life. Come on, his heart had changed. No, he was no longer that, 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 that mean tax collector that wanted to cheat everybody out of everything he could so he could pat his own pockets. Oh no, he was, ready to, he was ready to give the money back. He was ready to help people out that didn't have as much as him. I mean, his life had changed. Somebody say amen right there. Absolutely so. And I just have to believe that as he went on about his business that he was a pretty happy guy from that point forward. I know I, can, I can't talk about anybody else, but I know I can talk about me. And after I got saved and after I realized that what God had started doing in my heart and in my life, man, I, I mean, it, I, it thrilled my soul. And I wanted, I wanted other people to know about it. I wanted people to know about it. And maybe he's on about his way down at the market rejoicing, whatever the case may be. Maybe there's this lady standing down there at the market says, aren't you that tax collector? Um, uh, Zacchaeus, that's your name, right? I mean, aren't you that, aren't you Zacchaeus? Well, yes, yeah, 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 yes, I am. Well, well, I'm telling you, you don't look the same. There's something different about you. I mean, you, you don't, I remember not long after I got saved, I went back to Oklahoma, started visiting some old friends. I walked into one fellow that was an old friend and walked in. The first thing he did is looked at him and goes, you look different. I hadn't cut my hair yet. I hadn't changed my clothing yet. 
I mean, nothing. It was just Jesus. I'm telling you, no, no, no. He makes a change in our lives. He makes a change in our countenance. He does something that no one else can do. Anyway, this lady may have said, you look different. In fact, you look um, happy. You look happy. And Zacchaeus may have said, well, you know, I met someone that changed my life. I mean, really. And maybe the lady said, you too? Man, wow. You know, the other day I went out to Jacob's well to draw some water. And I always had to go in the heat of the day because, well, other women, they didn't want to be around me. I mean, my life was a wreck. My life was a ruin. I had, had five husbands. I was living with a guy that wasn't my husband. And, and anyway, there was usually not anyone around the well in the heat of the day. But that day there was a man there. And as he talked to me, he proceeded to tell me all that I had ever done. And after some conversing with him, I realized this is the Messiah. And he met me at that place. And my life has been changed. And I am so very thankful that he came to where I was. Yeah, that man I I met, his name is Jesus. And maybe about that time, a man came walking up to them. I mean, even singing, rejoicing. You know, boy, oh boy, looks like you two are having a good day. I mean, talking about what's going on. And they said, yes, man, it's a great day. We were just, we were just talking with each other about a man that we met. And, and he's really changed our life. I mean, this guy used to be a tax collector. And look how happy he looks. And I'm telling you, I mean, God has changed my life completely. We met this man. His name is Jesus. And the guy looks at them and says, I know him. I have met him. You know, I had some friends that were determined that I meet this man named Jesus. I'd been sick with the palsy for some time and really saw no hope in getting help, no hope in ever getting, getting well again. But my friends were so very determined to get me to him that, that they, they, they kept saying, we just need to get you to Jesus. And I kept saying, it's not going to do any good. It's not going to do any good. I am where I am. And they were just determined. And they were so determined, they finally just took up the four corners of my bed and started dragging me across town. They carried me to the place that he was. They heard that he was in town, and there he was. And they got to that place where he was supposed to be, and the house was surrounded by people. I mean, there were people everywhere. And, and, and immediately my thought was, well, that shot that down. I'm not going to be able to see that. Guys, just take me back home. We're not going to be able to get through there. All those people there, the press of the people, it's, it's not going to work. I mean, I, apparently they were all there listening to Jesus teach some things along the way. I'm ready to give up. I'm ready just to go on about my own business. But my friends were determined to get me to him. I mean, they were flat determined to get me in there. So the next thing I know, they're carrying me up on the roof. Up on the roof. I mean, I'm like, mercy sakes alive, you people have gone completely crazy. And so they went this extra mile to get me up on the roof of the house. And then they began to tear the roof up. I mean, they broke the roof up and made this hole. And, and, and Jesus is down there inside this house. And, and, and they, they took a rope and they lowered me down in there to where he was. And it's really something because when Jesus saw the faith of my friends, I mean, he looked at me and he said, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And I was pretty amazed. 
And then all of a sudden he looks and he says, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way to thine house. Arise. And then before I knew it, I felt like I could. And I got around a little bit and put one foot under me and then I put another foot under me and next thing I know, I'm standing there in front of this man, Jesus. I stood up and I reached down and I gathered up my bed and I walked out of that place. And I can guarantee that I will never forget that place where I met this man that made me whole again. I mean, I can take you back to the house. I can show you where I was on that day. I mean, it was an amazing thing what Jesus has done in my life. And as they all stood there rejoicing and talking, man, it was this way with me and it was this way with me and I was over here and I was out at the well and I was up on a tree. He came to where I was. Came looking for me. They stood there rejoicing what had happened in their lives and there was another woman that was passing by. She can't help but notice that they're all pretty happy about what's going on and she says, well, it looks like you three have heard some good news. Well, have we ever? Man, we were just telling each other about a man that we have met at different times in different places. I mean, really, when we least expected it. And his name is Jesus. And I can tell you that he has changed, and the lady said, your lives. He's changed your lives. And they looked at her and amazed at what she had said, and a big smile came across her face. And she went on speaking. She said, you know, I too have met this man, Jesus. It's really something. I had some various, very serious health problems for 12 years. An issue of blood. I was really at my wit's end. I'd spent everything I had on doctors. All hope was gone. Money was gone. Everything was gone. Didn't see any hope of ever getting better, ever getting well, truly. But I'd heard about Jesus. And I'd heard about some of the things that, you know, that he had done for others. How he had helped people, how he had healed people. I thought, man, oh man. And then I heard he was coming to town. I thought, well, maybe I can muster up enough strength to at least get downtown, sit on a corner somewhere, and maybe he'll pass by that way. I, I mean, I, 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 it's probably the last hope that I have. So I did. I made my way downtown. And I sat down there on the sidewalk and tried to rest a little bit and pretty soon I saw a crowd coming down the street I mean a big crowd and everybody crowding around this man and it was him it was Jesus but he was surrounded by so many people I I didn't know how I would ever ever get to him and I got to thinking if I can only get to where he is 
In fact, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I mean, surely, surely he can help me. And, and so I started crawling through the crowd. Didn't know what else to do, just getting my way through this way and that way. And yeah, it was, it was somewhat humiliating. And definitely a bit uncomfortable in front of other people like that to try to get to him. But I knew I had to get to him. I knew I needed what he had to offer. And I made my way through and I reached out and I touched his robe. And when I did, he stopped. Just right there, he just stopped. And I was petrified. But he wasn't angry. He wasn't upset. He just stopped in his tracks and he said, who touched me? Who was it? And and the guys that were with him, I mean, they were going, Master, are you kidding me? There's people all around you. Everybody's touching you. What are you talking about? I mean, we, we don't get it. I mean, are you kidding? But he said, no, 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 no. Someone touched me. Virtues left my body. I didn't know what to do. I just stood up and let him know it was me. It was me. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I, it was me. I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, would, I didn't know what he was going to do, but I knew that I had to tell him. And he simply looked at me with such eyes of compassion and such eyes of love. And he said, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. What a change it has made in my life. A change I didn't think anybody could ever make. But I can guarantee you one thing. I can take you right down to that corner. I'll never forget that place where I met him. Maybe they took off walking down the street together. I mean, continuing to rejoice and to tell each other the changes that had come about in their lives since they had met Jesus. And perhaps they were passing by the temple and a man was coming out rejoicing at the top of his lungs. I mean, just... (laughs) And they said, well, you must have had a good time in the temple today. He said, wait, let me tell you how good of a day it's been for me. For 38 years, I laid down on one of the five porches at the Pool of Bethesda just waiting for the water to be stirred with great hopes I could get in the pool first so I could be healed. You know, you've heard the story. I mean, I was plagued with this terrible disease for all those years. But I never had anybody there that could help me. I never had anybody there that would see me, help me to get in there right away. But I continued to lay there amongst all the other sick people. And then this man came by. 
And I saw him come in and he looked around for a minute and then he headed right for me. Right for me. And he's stepping over other people, making his way to where I was. And when he got to where I was, he looked down at me and he said, Will thou be made whole? I told him, I don't have any man to help me in the water. I've been laying here for 38 years just waiting for somebody to come along. Will you help me? Will you stay here? And when the water's stirred, will you help me get in the water? I mean, I've not had anybody else to help me. And he looked at me again. He said, rise. Take up thy bed and walk. Mercy. I can't, I can't begin to explain how immediately I felt whole. And I got up. <laughs> and I took off. I had lived in that filth for years with no hope of getting out. And then I met Jesus Amen. at that place. Yes, absolutely yes. I have thoroughly enjoyed myself in the temple. Because Jesus met me there. And He encouraged me to sin no more and to live my life for Him. Hallelujah. I'll never forget that place where I met Him. I'll never forget how He got me out of that, that life of dread and that life of disease and that life of filth. I mean, Jesus changed my life. I'll never forget the place He drug me out of. And as they all rejoiced and continued to share their stories with one another, a man came walking by, slowly. He was clean, but he had scars. Scars on his face, scars on his arms, scars on his legs, feet. All these scars. He was smiling, but he was quiet. Didn't seem to have a lot to say. And so we hollered at him, hey, mister, you doing okay? <laughs> he looked at us, he said, oh, I'm better than okay. I'm the best I've been in years. You see, years ago, I begin to change. No, not for the better, for the worse. I mean, my life was headed in a bad direction. And my life just got worse and worse and worse until my family took me out to the gatherings. You know, where all the tombs are. I'd go running through the tombs, scaring people off, hollering at anybody that came close. Out there for years, they came out. They tried to bind me with chains, fetters, to no avail. I broke those off, just kept on going. I'd run through the tombs, cutting myself with stones, Wondering why my life 
wondering where my life was going to end up. I'd run through there naked, ashamed to say that. Just filthy. That's why I have these scars all over me. I'd treat anybody that came close to that place terrible. Just scare them away. I didn't want anybody around. I really had no control over my life, really. I was controlled by the demons in my head. I was really out of control, subject to them. One day I was just sitting there, staring down at the water, and I saw this boat pull up to the shore. My first thought then was, who is this? Who do they think they are? I'm telling you, it won't take me long to get rid of them. I'll get them out of this place. But then this man came out of the boat. And it was like I knew I needed to meet him. Even in the state that I was in. Filthy and covered with sores and naked. So I ran to him. And I fell down at his feet. And well, to make a long story short, I mean, he asked me some questions and then he commanded those demons to leave. And they did. In fact, they entered into a big herd of pigs that was there nearby. And in that fitting, I mean, really. And then the pigs ended up running down the steep bank into the sea and drowned themselves. You know, it made me even realize that even pigs can't stand to have demons around them. And then I sat there with this man. His name's Jesus. And I was clothed. And in my right mind again, after all those years, I want everybody to know him. I told Jesus when he was getting back in the boat, hey, I want to go with you. <laughs> I mean, you've done so much for me, I just want to go with you. Can I go with you? But he told me, he said, you need to go home. You need to go home and you need to tell your friends and your family, everybody you see, about the great things that he had done for me. How he changed my life. And man, oh man, that's exactly what I've been doing. I mean, really, it's still hard for me to believe the changes that he made in my life. But I can guarantee you one thing. I will never forget that place where I met him. I could take you back there and show you the exact spot. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is still in the life-changing business. I mean, totally. Completely. 
In fact, he paid the price with his own blood on the cross of Calvary over 2,000 years ago that you and I could have forgiveness of our sins and that we could have this chance at a new life. I'm talking about a life that no one or nothing else can offer us. I was the man in the tombs. I was the crippled man at Bethesda. I was the woman at the well. But he came to me. He pulled me out of the muck and the mire. He set my foot upon a solid rock. He established my goings. He changed my life. He did. I tried to quit doing drugs. I tried to quit drinking. I tried to quit all the horrible things that I was in. But there wasn't any hope until I met him. And I know you've heard it a million times, a thousand times, a lot of times if you've been around this place. But I'll never forget that day beside my coffee table. I rehearsed it in my mind almost daily because I never want to lose the wonder that he met me at that place. That place. And changed my life. There has to come a time that you put your faith and trust in him. Do you remember that place? No, I'm asking. For some of you, it was around the old altar at the other building. I know that. For some, it's right here in this auditorium. I know that. For some, it was at camp. I know that. But if you've ever truly been saved by the grace of God, you know that place. And you know that place better than anybody. Do you remember that place? Because there has to be a time. There has to be a place that you put your faith and trust in Jesus. Well, you know, I was born in a Christian family. I've just always been saved. Oh no, that's not how it works. No. No, there has to be a time. And there has to be a place that you have put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And I'm telling you, if I could not remember that place, I would take care of it today. This could be the place that you could remember the rest of your life where you met Him. Today would be a good day to make that memory and start life anew. Preacher, you really think that happened? I I said I wanted to use our imagination a little. But I really do believe that once we get to heaven and we talk to these people, they'd be able to say, oh, I remember that place. I remember where I met him. Yeah. If you don't have that place, let me encourage you before you leave.
today to take care of that. Would you bow your heads with me? Thank you for being so attentive this morning. That place. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. You remember that place. You'd say, I remember that place, preacher. I remember that place. I remember it. Would you raise your hand just in testimony of that? I remember that place. Absolutely. Hold them up high for just a minute. Would you do that? Hold them up high for just a minute. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. I remember that place that I met Christ as my Savior. I remember that place. God bless your hearts. You can put your hands down. Thank you so much for that. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't have that place. Maybe you don't. Boy, today would be a good day. This would be a good place. We'd just love to take you aside and take a Bible and help you get that all settled. If that's what you want. If that's what you want. You have to want it. Zacchaeus received him joyfully. And if you're ever going to trust Christ, if you're ever going to receive him as your Savior, you'll do it joyfully because you know that's what you need. Maybe you are here this morning and say, Preacher, I don't, I don't have a place. I don't have one. Not at all. I couldn't tell you for a fact that I know Christ is my Savior. So, Brother Marshall, would you please just remember me in prayer? Well, I'd like to pray for you this morning. You don't have that place. Could I pray for you? Would you just slip up your hand wherever you're at and allow me to pray for you? Would you allow me to do that? That's me, preacher. I don't have that place. Please pray for me. Just slip your hand up. We'll continue on with the service. Not going to embarrass you. Wouldn't do that for anything. But I'd sure like to pray for you. I don't know that place, preacher. I don't have it in my life. Please pray for me. Would you let me do that? Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for those in here that do not know for sure that they've ever trusted Christ as their personal Savior. They don't have that place they can go back to in their mind where they met Him. And Father, certainly we can't save them, wouldn't even try, but we know that You can if they're willing to come to Christ and to put their faith and trust in Him. And we would love a chance to help them, to show them out of the Bible how they could get that settled. And so Lord, I pray that they would come even this morning and allow us to do so. But if they don't, that you would continue to work in their life and heart 